VA Health and Benefits, official mobile app for VA Health and Benefits. VA's official mobile app is a smarter, more convenient way for veterans to manage and carry their VA Health and Benefits information. One veteran notes, I went into my local hardware store and logged into my VA mobile app. A quick glance at my phone showed them I was a veteran and I was able to get the veteran discount without any paperwork. It was easy and convenient. Download the app via the Apple Store at https colon forward slash forward slash apple dot co forward slash three uppercase j lowercase b lowercase k nine uppercase o lowercase l or download the app via the Google Play Store at https colon forward slash forward slash bit dot ly forward slash 3 uppercase Q 5 lowercase Q 9 uppercase L 5 Hello and welcome again to Oscar Mike Radio. My name is Travis. I'm your host. Oscar Mike Radio is part of the Hubazoo Network. You can find out more on hubazoo.com. I want to thank my sponsors, Joyce Asak of Asak Real Estate, Army National Guard veteran Mark Holmes of Reapers Detailing and Power Washing, and my supporters, all veteran-owned businesses, Simper Savage, Bottom Gun Coffee, and Quezon Shaving Company. And and. This show you're watching on a Monday means that we are doing a Monday show about the story of Denisha Montgomery Smith. She was a private first class. She's in the military police out of Kentucky and served in the uh, U.S. Army. She passed uh, last year in August of, uh, you know, 2022. And, you know, a lot has been done behind the scenes and people trying to raise awareness about this. And I'm pleased honored and humbled to introduce Tamika Light, who is a army veteran, served our country and is Denisha's aunt. And Tamika, welcome to the show. I'm very, you know, grateful for your time. Thank you for having me. So there's been a lot printed, a lot said about the situation with your niece, but one thing yes. that I, I, I'm missing is, you know, who is Denisha? And you kind of told me that, hey, we could be here for a while, um, you know, talking about Denisha. But kind of take me back a little bit. You know, what was it like seeing a young Denisha grow up? Oh, wow. Denisha, like I told you earlier, Travis, she was such a jewel. As a baby, she had the most beautiful smile and just light up the room every time that you would see her. Uh, she was very family-oriented, loved her sisters, um, loved her cousins, and she come from a large family on uh, a lot of sides, <laughs> a lot of people who loved her. 
she was dedicated and anything that she wanted to do, she put her mind to and she did it. It was no stopping her. <laughs> she was like a little tomboy. At times I remember taking her and my daughter and her, my son to the park and allowing them to fly kites and everything. And I mean, she would just run around and just hang with the best of them. And you couldn't, couldn't tell her no for nothing. So that's the thing about being an aunt, right? You get, you get all the benefits of, of being like the mom with, you know, none of the real, like bad stuff. You can be the, cool, <laughs> you can be the cool one. Right. But, yeah. Yeah. The cool. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> was exactly. It, was it, did she know at a young age that you served in the military? Um, yes, she did. Her and her sisters knew at a young age um, that I was serving the country. Um, they was very proud of me. Um, you could see it on their faces every time I see them and, you know, how they looked up to me in my uniform and everything. So it was it was a joy to just just to see the smile on their faces and know that I'm trying to make a difference for our family, too. Cause that's the thing. I mean, usually, I mean, honestly, it's, it's, I talk to a lot of guys and, you know, they don't really think about, you know, the effect they have on their kids or siblings or nephews and nieces, but you know, you're, you're a woman serving our country in the army. You went to Afghanistan and you have yes. your, you have your children, you have this niece who's watching everything you do. What, what was that like to you? Well, um, when she first, mentioned going into the military to me i was quite surprised and she was like uh Aunt tamika i want to follow your footsteps and i was like wow really and to see that i made that type of an impact on my nieces was just outstanding but denisha just it wasn't just me that was in the military. Denisha came from a, a, a family of veterans, you know, on both sides, her mom's side and on uh, her father's side. So we was a proud family to serve and for her to join in the footsteps right along with everyone else. It was just such an honor. So tell me a little bit about that. Who, who else in the, the Montgomery Smith family served in the military? What did they do? Well, um, uh, her grandmother, my mom, um, was actually an operating room technician in the military and army reserves. Um, her grandfather, he did, uh, Roosevelt Nixon, he did, uh, the Vietnam war, Purple Heart recipient also, um, she has an uncle on her mom's side who's actually currently serving in the military and so yeah i mean it's 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 a long list so it's it's a it's a long list and it's not just from in the last 10 15 years this goes back generations in your family so this legacy of service right goes back generations in both sides of the family yeah. yes. you all you all really love being americans and living as americans it seems Yes, we served our country. We served it quite honorably. And um, for this younger generation to just come in right behind us and follow along in our footsteps, it made us very proud. Did you get a chance to see Denisha swear in? 
Uh, no, I didn't get a chance to see her swear in, but it was all over our social media. So it was like I was there. <laughs> What's going through your mind as, as you're watching her raise her hand and, and, and swear in? Man, something, it was something, something that you had done. Yes, it was like a flashback all over again. I could see the excitement and anxiety on her face because it's something new. But I seen the determination in her eyes, and I knew that she was going to be okay. It, it must. It's 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 one thing to go through it yourself, right? And you don't really think about anybody else and. You know, I know I didn't. When I swore in, it was just me doing it. I, I really didn't think about what anybody else thought at that time. But when you have like your own family and this young woman who you saw from a little girl playing with your kids in the park, all that just flashes back to like, this is not a kid anymore, but she's still a kid. Yeah. Yes. To see her to just develop into the woman that she had became was just quite amazing just so beautiful inside and out and just like i said i mean so dedicated to her family to her boys and for her to jump into this military she was like i'm ready for a career and i want to be a military police officer and she i mean she dug deep and she did what she needed to do I'm and next thing did, did you Is tell she, her to make it that, hey, you, you sure you want to be an MP? Yes, I did quite. <laughs> I did tell her. I said, now, you know, that's a lot of long hours and, you know, you got your boys to think about. And, but she was like, you know, Tamika, this is something I really, really want to do. And um, I think the discipline would be good for her boys. And, she was just hard charging and it was like, okay, all I could do is just say, I'm here to support you. Hoorah. <laughs> well, let's, let's go a little different angle. Um, you know, I, I saw the pictures of her boys and, and, you know, I'm a father of three sons myself and I'm, I'm, and I'm trying to understand what that's like. Right. What kind of mother was she like? Because it seemed like from what, you know, I was able to see that she truly, you know, loved being a mom. She did. She would do anything for her boy. And um, that was one of the things that hurt us so much is that we knew how much she loved Josiah, Judah, and Jordan, and uh, how does she wanted to make a better life for herself and for her boys. And um, she was really just dedicated. I mean, even when she fell on hard times, um, well, what she considered was hard times, um, she had her family to fall back on. And, but she always put her boys first, no matter what, no matter what. So you can't tell me that she took her life. That's kind of a follow-up I wanted to ask. How important was family to her? You know, how important was having the support of you, her aunt, who's, who served the country, got the Purple Heart? How, how important was her family in, in that area of her life? I believe that if uh, Denisha didn't have her family, she probably would not have went into the military. That's just how dedicated she was. Um 
she always went to her dad and asked uh, for advice from her dad and her mom. And then, like I said, you know, she comes from a family of veterans. So anywhere she turned the corner, she had plenty of people that was there to support her and be her cheerleader. So, you know, one of the things that I noticed is, you know, her husband seemed to really support Denisha going in the military. I was just curious, you know, as an aunt, you're watching this married couple have the kids and move through life. How did they work together as a team, her husband and her? Well, there came a decision to where, you know, her husband would be the Mr. Mom while she gone while she was gone. And he stepped up to the plate and really uh took on the role of uh Denisha, you know, the missing mom in the family, the cooking, the cleaning and the child rearing and all of that. So um, he really supported her in her decision. And and I mean, and he has put forth his best effort to try to make sure that the boys are still good to go. That's amazing. It, it, it's it's like I said, it's one thing to see it, you know, from the the male soldiers serving and the and the the mom wife doing that but you don't ever really see the the husband be Mr. Mom and 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 do that and and so yes. you know I learn about you know Denisha in this story and you know it it must be difficult to talk about I, I I can't imagine what this has been like for you all but she was obviously going through something in Germany was she reached she reached out to her family right what was your what was your thought when you started getting an idea that hey something's not right oh man my heart dropped um the evening i received the phone call and found out that she had been attacked in germany and i was urging my brother and her husband to reach out to her chain of command i'm like you know you can go to the cq desk as well as trying to tell her husband that you are able to go on post to go to the CQ desk to file a report to say, Hey, this is what's going on with my wife. I need to um, get in touch with her chain of command. And I also, you know, instructed my brother, which I didn't have to really instruct him because he was already on the phone with the red cross and um, going around those avenues to get the, the help that she needed. So when I heard about it, I was devastated. Like, okay, this sounds serious. And, uh, and I was trying to ask, okay, who was with her? What was going on? Um, so we can try to, you know, make some type of decisions. The, hey, who do we need to talk to? What do we need to do to make sure that she's going to be safe? But in the back of my mind, I had a feeling that something was going to happen but I just did not think that it was going to be my, my niece's life being taken from us. You, you served for 15 years, right? 13. 13 years, excuse me. So, and you were like a sergeant or staff sergeant when you got out? So you've seen situations, maybe not like this, but where stuff like this happens and you have to be an NCO and, and you know, make decisions about what you're going to do. Yes. This must have been like, what is going on? You know, and, and it, it was, it was like, where's the leadership over here in this situation, period. Um, I knew that when I had soldiers under my command that I had to be all in their whereabouts 
on post, off post, you know, and um, we've had corrective actions for incidents that took place off post with our, when our soldiers um, was in some type of altercation or anything that they was involved in. And to see that it didn't seem like anything was done, there was no follow-up or anything like that. And then 21 days later, her life is taken. Yeah, we have a problem with that. Well, that's the thing, right? I mean, you know, I, I didn't, I was a terminal Lance. It's a long story. I wasn't a bad Marine. It was just, Hey, your job's going away type of Marine. But I can tell you that, you know, to your point, you know, if, if we even coughed wrong or if there was a fist thrown in, in, in the field, our corporals and sergeants knew about it in minutes and corrective action was applied immediately, immediately. They, they, they didn't, they didn't. And so it was just weird that she's, says she got attacked in the car right and nothing seemed yes. to happen yes exactly and then um from my understanding uh the 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 person that was driving the car was an nco so it was a straight cover-up from the from the get-go um once they was let out at the gate um, that nco was allowed to just leave so it's it begs the question who came to the gate and received them. Um, why wasn't there any questions being asked of the driver at that moment? Um, and uh, questions, the other the other fellow soldiers that was involved in corrective action. You know, I, I don't know the answer to that. It, it was just weird going through the progression of events, just understanding how things are supposed to go, right? And And so... This leads me up to the to the thing that really kind of made me say, okay, we got we got a real situation here. Just from being on the outside looking in, was a cell phone video she took. Yes. Did, did you get a chance to watch that when she sent that? Yes, I did. I did, and my heart was breaking when I seen that. I seen the fear, the tears in her eyes. I seen that she was clearly marked up with bruises and uh, marks around her neck, a burn on her shoulder. And I knew that that was a serious incident that had took place in that vehicle. Exactly. I'm not diminishing this because, you know, look, sometimes we were roughhousing in the field or whatever, or, you know, whatever. And sometimes it got a little out of hand. Sometimes somebody got a bruise, but this was not that. No, this was clearly not a roughhousing uh, situation. And then we obtained other video from our briefings with the CID and they actually had footage of the altercation inside of the vehicle. And it, just like we thought she was clearly assaulted. That, that, that video. Now I didn't see that video until way, way later. I, I only saw that video like a month ago when it, when, when I finally saw it. But when you see that video, you can't sit there and say, well, this was just an isolated incident or you know rough you know, housing rough housing right you know th th this was like we're gonna prove a point to you yeah exactly like we we need you to get in this car we need you to be quiet and go with us and when things was not going their way they knew hey we're gonna have to let her out and, and, they, but and they like I feel like the, that's where the lack of leadership comes in because once they all was able to exit the vehicle, then it's like, oh, nothing really happened. They removed her and her roommate.
Okay. From each other, but they were still in such close quarters. They removed her from her roommate. Yeah, her and her roommate was one of the uh, the occupants in the vehicle. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. So they um, had moved them, but they still shared a Jack and Jill bathroom. That was also strange to me because generally when, you know, an incident does happen, they separate you to prevent any kind of further escalation between the two parties, right? Right. But they're all in the same barracks. I, I just didn't know what to think. I, I, I'm like, I you can't make this up, but it's happening. And I'm like, it's just one, one, you know, catastrophe after another with this. Yeah, one thing after the other. And um, it, it hurts. It hurts that here was this beautiful young soul who wanted to go in and serve her country and to uh, keep, have a legacy for her children. And now her life got cut short by why, why in the military say, oh, she was suicidal. She, she was depressed and she was suicidal. Well, no, no, she wasn't. She wanted to come home to her children. She missed them. She missed her husband. So, so she was suicidal. Just, just to ask. I, I mean, I'm, I don't like to assume, but like, there's no way in your mind, as you've known her from when she was a baby till when she swore in, that you mm -hmm. believe that she would commit suicide over this. That she wanted to be with her family. No, like I said, um, when Denisha fell on tough times. Those times, she had plenty of opportunity if she wanted to, to take her life then. Once she became a mom and a wife and the things just lit a fire inside of her, her want to be better and for her to want to make this career choice for her boys and for her husband. It made us so proud. There wasn't nothing in there that said, oh, I'm going to join the military to commit suicide. I'm going to join the military, do my basic training, my AIT, one of the toughest training you can get when you first enlisted in the military but I'm going to make sure that I get to Germany and then I'm just going to kill myself. No, I'm going to just kill myself and not leave a note for my boys or for my family or any indication to say, Hey, this is what's going on with me. And I don't want to be here no more. None of that. But you do be conscious enough to send us a video of an altercation that you have 21 days prior to your, uh, a death that shows, hey, this is what's going on to me. And she clearly states in this video that she does not trust her leadership or the ones that was around her. I think that was the saddest part of the whole thing is, you know, when when you go into the Army, Marine Corps, Navy, Air Force, they tell you, hey, we're going to take care of you. I That's got right. your six. No, no man, no woman left behind, you know. That's and right. It, and it just seemed like, I'm, I'm like, where was her senior enlisted and officer leadership to advocate for? It just, 
I still haven't gotten an answer to that. I'm not going to try to answer it here, but it's just, it's, it keeps coming up in my mind. From what I understand, her um, unit was separated in Europe and she fell under a different unit. And from what I understand, they was confused about who took leadership over these soldiers. So that tells me that you got a bunch of rogue soldiers just out there doing anything they want to do. And that's dangerous within itself, especially being Oconus, you know? So I, I, I just don't, I, I can't picture how you can just have a, a group of soldiers that does not have a, a complete structure of leadership that's over them and that's outlined so that they will know, hey, hey this is who I fall under. Yeah, because you're you're watching this unfold, right? And you've got 13 years right. active duty. You've got your, you know, staff sergeant, staff sergeant, you know, rank. You know how this goes. So this has to yes. really hit you hard that where where what happened to my army? That's right. That's right. Um, I came in at a time where we still spit shine our boots. Yep. It wasn't none of this get up and put on your uniform and go, you know, you had to really take pride in your uniform. And I had the first sergeants and the, the captains and, and the lieutenants that was over, over me that clearly was about soldiering soldiers. And they was all about being all up in our business as privates, you know, just to make sure, hey, we got to make sure that you're living right. We got to make sure that, you know, you're where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there and all of those wonderful structured things. And this right here was really just a tragedy. It is a tragedy. Um, and, and so a lot of people ask me, you know, what can I do? And, and, and it, because here's the thing, Tamika, I've, I've, People have watched my show and asked as, as civilians who watch it and veterans who watch it and they want to know what what can we do? Because to us, you know, for a lot of us who served, I never met Denisha. I, I didn't meet you until we started recording, but it didn't matter to me and a lot of us that, you know, we didn't serve with your niece. She took the same oath we did. You took the same That's oath. Right. So as far as I'm concerned we're all family and we've got to stick up for each other. And so we're just trying to get an idea of, of what could we do to really help you all during this time? Um, right now we are really trying to get her name out into the public eye and ear. Um, if we can share the hashtag, I am Denisha Montgomery Smith. And also uh, share the story of her assault on their social media platforms uh, or like you have on your radio station. We would gladly appreciate that. Um, we also have a GoFundMe put together um, for any legal assistance we need going forward. Um, whether it's private investigator or what have you, because we are very determined to get to the bottom of what happened to Denisha Montgomery Smith. Well, I, I can tell you from, you know, my experience so far, when I sit there and tell the story, it's like, what can we do? 
Um, the latest thing that we've done is a bunch of us veterans got together and, you know, we wrote our senators and, and, and representatives saying, That's Hey, you know, we want you to look at this, you know, it doesn't matter. Exactly. You know, we got to take care of all of us. So exactly getting all of our senators and our leadership involved and knowing who Denisha was and, and inquiring, well, who is this soldier whose name is trending like this? Who, what is it that we need to know about what's going on? Maybe Denisha can be another Vanessa Gillian um, story where um, her name has made a change, has became a change agent in this um, military something's got to give right because we can't keep sending our young kids in the military have them get you know traumatized like this and then mysteriously disappear die and no one knows anything it, it can't go on like this exactly word needs to spread that there is a lot of injustice uh happening in the military um that the military is not above the law um, that we need to make sure this doesn't happen to other male or female soldiers that could be experiencing some of the same things that Denisha went through. We would also tell them, hey, if this is happening to you, leave a digital footprint. If we didn't have those videos of Denisha right now, we don't know where we would be. I was getting ready to ask you, um, we all sit there and, you know, I'm at the VFW, we're talking about, you know, your niece and they're all coming to the same conclusion. What would be going on right now if she hadn't made the video? I don't even want to imagine because I don't think anything would have happened. No, I don't think anything would have happened. Uh, I really don't. I don't think we would have known what happened. Um, I just, it's, it's hard to even... Because there's no leadership, so it's hard to even explain what really would still be going on over there. One of the things that, you know, along with the video is that Denisha reached out to you all, her family, and said, hey, I'm going through this, where a lot of active duty service members are like, no, I don't want to tell mom or dad or my siblings what's going on. But she, exactly. did, she did in this case. Are you saying that if, if if you're serving right now and you're going through something like this to get your mom and dad on the phone and say, hey, I'm having a problem? I would say so. I mean, there's only so much a civilian family member can do, but they can wear, raise some flags up to their congressmen, congresswomen, and say, hey, there are some injustices is going on with my service member, and we need your help. We need you to reach out and touch someone. Well, I think it's very important because those congressmen know that if they don't, it's it's not going to be well. So they and it's their constituents. I mean, they're there to serve us. Um, I I don't know how this is going to go, Tamika. I, I have no crystal ball. I I felt a sense of real loss, only because I'm a parent. You know, this really hit me harder because I was a parent myself, and I I can't imagine what you all are going through with all this uncertainty right now. Um, yes my heart goes out to you and you know I, I i told you know people who are helping you out right now you know who they are that um 
you know, I'm, I'm going to try to be there for the long haul and see how this goes. So I don't know you. I've never met you until now, but I, I'm, I'm not going to exaggerate here. I'm calling you my sister in arms because that's what we are. And we're going to be here for you. Yes, I really appreciate you, what you're doing, and you using your platform to uh, get my niece's story out. And I cannot thank you enough for everything. Well, I'm not going anywhere. and, and Well, hopefully not going anywhere anytime soon. But, um, yeah. you know, as, as this goes on, you know, I'm definitely going to keep the light shined on there. I, 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 I do what, what I can. But the cool thing is... I hate to put it like that, but it is telling the story. Other people saying, you know what, that's messed up. How can I help? I'll, I'll write a letter. I'll, I'll send an email to my congressman. And I think you're right. If enough people do it, it's going to cause a, a, a wave. Yes. Yes. And that's what we need right now. We, we need a, we need a tidal wave to go through. And I know we've pushed it in the media a few times and it's really been getting overshadowed by a lot of other things that's going on in the media. But I feel like if we stay on top of it and keep her name prevalent, that um, someone will take notice and at least give us a helping hand. Well, for it, it takes one, then it takes one more then it takes, you know, a hundred more. And that's, that's how it works. Um, I, I just, I just want to thank you for, you know, coming on and talking with me. I, I learned a whole lot about, you know, the woman, you know, the girl and the woman and the service member who's Anisha and, you know, your family's legacy of service to this country cannot be overstated, you know, to make a thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, again, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Travis with Oscar Mike Radio. I'm going to have the GoFundMe link in this show post and some of the other news articles that have come out on different platforms. You can go and actually see what we've been talking about. Um, I have written a template letter to my congressman. If you want that letter, email me. I'll have the email below. And, you know, Tamika, we are Denisha Montgomery Smith. I am Denisha Montgomery Smith. Thank you again. And as we say in Oscar Mike Radio, we are mission in flight. Thank you. Join us on National Wreaths Across America Day, December 16th, 2023. Each December on National Wreaths Across America Day, our mission to remember, honor, and teach is carried out by coordinating wreath laying ceremonies at Arlington National Cemetery, as well as more than 3,700 additional locations in all 50 states at sea and abroad. Join us by sponsoring a veteran's wreath at a cemetery near you, volunteering or donating to a local sponsor group. Thank you for listening and watching Oscar Mike Radio, where our active duty service members and veterans are in action and the mission is in flight. If you are a veteran or know a veteran who needs help, please dial 998 and press 1 for the Veterans Crisis Line.